Now we're rolling. Damage Plan MMA podcast presented by Fierce Fighting Championship 25. On today's show, we've got Viliami Kulu, one of the hottest prospects in all of Fierce Fighting Championship. We chat about his rise to becoming one of the most devastating punchers in the history of the state, as well as where he hopes to take his fighting career. For tickets to Kulu's next fight, head over to FierceFightingChampionship.com. You can also purchase the pay-per-view at that website if you are unable to attend any event. Now, without further ado, here is myself with Viliami Kulu. And right now we are joined by none other than the number one light heavyweight amateur fighter in the entire state of Utah. He is Vilami Kulu. Vilami, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, I do (laughs) want to make sure, am I, are we pronouncing it right? Is it Vilami? So it's, it's, uh, it's V-I. So V-I-L-I-A-M-I. Okay. Vilami. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I did, start- I did have chance to uh, correct it, you know. We but- we will we will absolutely start correcting that. We'll make sure that we get that perfect every single time because we don't want to mess up your name by any means. Uh, Vilami, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit, or Viliami, I apologize. I, we just yeah. wanted to talk to you a little bit to kick things off about your story. I mean, you have an incredible story the way that you've risen the ranks over the last couple of years. But let's jump back even a little bit further. How did you come to be the fighter that you are? And and kind of just tell us your story. Where did you kind of start off your life at? Well, um, I remember when I was grow up in Tonga, um, I was really into like WWE and SmackDown. And I remember... Uh, Back in, back in Tonga, we don't have Wi-Fi. In order for you to go buy movies or videos, you have to go to, like, TVD store. So I was like, I'm a, I want to go buy a SmackDown. I want to watch Undertaker. And I went and I brought a wrong a wrong CD. And I was like, and I put it in. And I was like, this is not a WWE. This is like, this guy is actually beating each other. That's just MMA and I, the old, old MMA when they put like Jiu-Jitsu guy and the wrestling guys. And since when I see that and I was like, oh, my gosh, I really want to do this, you know. But back in Tonga, we don't have MMA. We have rugby and that's it. So when I came to America in 2014, I came to California, living in San Jose. And I was more like a bodybuilder, like work out and stuff and i was like man i really want to learn how to fight and i look up the closest gym was aka american kickboxing gym right down the street from my house wow so i went there and i walk in and i see game velasca like i didn't know i i don't even know these people but like when i see it, it's like those guys look familiar and they have all the picture on the wall i went there and one of the People in front of us introduced me. And I, I remember I walk in, I was like, I want to fight. <laughs> and then they probably look at me like, you're crazy. Like, you have a lot of work to do, <laughs> you know? And the first thing, the, one of the guys there put me in jiu-jitsu class. And um, I trained with the best. The first time I walk in the gym, I trained with the best of the best in California. But I didn't even know who they are. Only thing I know, I got smashed by John Fish. <laughs> uh, by John Fish in the first day of Jiu Jitsu. And I just start learning and love it, you know? 
Wow. That is unbelievable. Okay. So how long did you train at AKA before you came to Utah? So I was in California for seven years. So I started training in AKA for like two to three years. Yeah. Very cool. And so when you were at AKA, I mean, who, did you train alongside Habib and Islam and DC and all of these guys? Uh, I actually was there in the same camp was Khabib training to fight Connor. And the same camp when Kenny Velasco was training to fight Francis. Like, looking back, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I call it as an honor, an honor to be training with these guys, you know. But the, I was brand new. But the, one of the jiu-jitsu coach see that, like, I have a little athletic on me. And he's like, okay, you, like, how about we put you with a go training with the pros so you can give like a little bit of bodies? Because I was just huge. I was like 250, 240. They put me there to like just to give this uh, this pro guys a body to throw around because <laughs> I was brand new, you know. But I start, I first learned jujitsu and wrestling. That's when I start. And there was a guy there who was trying to teach me boxing, but he just charged me so much, especially in California. It's too expensive. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm just going to focus on jujitsu and wrestling. So, yeah. This is unbelievable. When did you kind of realize, like, when did you realize personally? Because you kind of said, like, I don't even know who these people were. When did you realize, oh, my gosh, I'm training with world champions, Luke Rockhold, DC. I mean, just there's so many there. That's one of the biggest gyms in the whole world. When did you realize that you were at a gym of the, as big as you were at? Well, I think I start realizing like kind of like when we training in the gym, like their pictures is all over the place. When you walk in the hallway, this is pictures of all the people that start training there from back in the day, you know? Um, like freaking DC, like Kenny Velasca, Khabib, Islam, uh, John Fish. It's a lot of guys there in the UFC. Uh, but I realized it's like, man, this gym is not a joke. You know, like I'm actually a gym that like people here to like go somewhere. They don't just come here to learn how to like, oh, I'm just here to learn how to self-defend, you know? Like they're there to like go somewhere like be a champ this uh the main thing of that gym you actually having your first title bout coming up as an amateur uh at the maverick center in a couple of weeks here do you think that you starting at a place like aka gave you almost a competitive edge gave you sort of a, a mentality that you wanted to be a champion early on because you were around so many people competing for world titles of course, man. Like when I was in, in California, like just training with the best, like they show you that like there's no ego in that gym. Like for like some gym you go there, like like but in AKA, like even if they're really competitive, but it's a family, you know? Like even like the like the Islam team, like after every sparring, like I walk in the other room, they doing their prayers and I was like, oh, 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 I'm gonna <laughs> You know, they're really serious about like just like Islam fighting and like nobody can beat those guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I realized like me start fighting 
I already have that mind of like, like I wanna take this to the top of the top, you know, not just to do it just to be good in this, but like take it to the best of the best, you know. So, and it started from that gym. That's incredible. Really quickly, I I, I do want to get more into you, but I I never realized this about you. This is incredible stuff. Do you have any, just really quickly, do you have any fun stories, any funny memories with, with any of these big names that you might know on a personal level? Like, did anything ever, did you ever have a, a round with, you know, either Islam or Habib where they just absolutely just throttled you for five minutes? So, like, of course, they will smash me all day. But well, in, in, in AKA, they put you in your size. So they put me with my, like, bigger guys. And Khabib and them, like, put them, like, with their own size. I have never had a chance to roll with Khabib. When DC was there, he just coached. He just stand and just coached. Uh, but I remember uh, walking into locker room and just, like, meeting these, like, these famous people. The thing is funny is, like, they don't act like they, they're above you. Like when you hang out, when you when they talk, they're just like normal people, like no cocky, no. And the funniest thing is just like I feel like when you meet all these other guys are like on the top, they just feel like they just give you the vibe of like, don't talk to me kind of way. But I remember um I have a friend that came to uh, AKA and he just came there just to like find a way to take a picture of Khabib. And then when he uh Ask Gabib, hey, can I take a picture with you? Because every time Gabib come to AKA, oh my God, it's like outside is packed. And when you come out, like people think that I'm a fighter too. Like, oh, what is your name? I was like, no, I'm not even there. <laughs> you know? But I remember my friend come there and ask Gabib for a picture. And you see the humbleness of this guy. He's like, he actually like tell, tell my friend. He told my friend something that I learned. He's like, he told my friend, do you know what? I wish that I had the time that you have. You know, he's just a, he's a busy man. I, he's like, I wish I had the time that you have. But let's take a picture. And you know, take a picture with my friend. The entire time I was there, I never like bought in for pictures because I'm there to train. I'm not, a lot of people just go there to train to be, take a picture after the was like, in that time, I never like try to take a picture with like, oh, look, I'm with Khabib. But, yeah, those guys are really humble people and like they're willing to like help you, you know? That's unbelievable. So. That is unbelievable. Um so let me let me ask you this. You're you know, nine years ago it seems like, or maybe even before that, when you were just a little kid, when you got that DVD and you realized it wasn't WWE and it was MMA, when you look at your life now, how grateful are you that there was that mistake? So grateful, you know, it's like, uh, I remember on TV in Tonga, we have only three channels you can watch. It's the Tongan channel and some Chinese channel. <laughs> so when you go to the Tongan channel, it's some news and stuff. And then like, sometimes they play like a WWE, like, and it's like really short. And I was like, I want to watch the whole thing. So I went and brought it and it ended up as a freaking... MMA fight. And I was like, this is not, they're not faking it. They actually punched the crap out of each other, you know? Yeah. 
And I was watching, like, oh, my gosh, like, I want to do this. But I'm really grateful looking back. And I was like, I'm really grateful that I went and watched that video and just, like, become uh, obsessed with the sport, you know? Yeah. So. And, and, and you've been having incredible success. Three wins in eight months last year and at the beginning of this year. I mean, what would you contribute the, the success of the last year or so to your career? I mean, what's been, what's changed that is that, well, I guess nothing's really changed. I mean, you've been on it throughout, but what has been key to your success over the last couple of months? Well, it's a lot. Like, um, I remember, I think it was a good thing for me to move here because I ended up fighting a coach that can work with me, you know? But California was, it, they have good coaches, but they were more really focused on grappling. And it's okay. They really work in a, they, that's the strength. And okay, like, they really like just focus on grappling. And a lot of the, one guy that I start with now is in Bellador and he's incredible grappling. He's like, he's two and oh now just submitting people left and right. But I feel like Keith was like, says like, I'm grateful that I move here and like, not just like learn grappling, but try to like balance my, my boxing, the Muay Thai, kicking, you know, just finding a way to just not just like, on the ground, but like on my feet too. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, 100%. I mean, you have Shane Stoneman, who is arguably between you and Jerome Hatch and Court McGee. I mean, he might be the best striking coach in the entire state. I mean, Stane, Sh Shane Stoneman is, is pretty incredible. How did you link up with him? Was it you wanting to find someone to make you a better striker? No, um, I have a friend uh from here he's from ethiopia he's been telling he's been telling me to like hey like come down here there's goat here you know and when i came here like he, uh, my friend introduced me because i came here when i first came here i stayed as a roommate with him and then we used to be like training in a garage his garage and he like first time we met i met uh james stoneman we met up at um anytime fitness and then he thought like making me hit the mitts and stuff. And like, since then, it was just like, he told me, he's like, you get somewhere. And I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's see, you know? So since lately he's been trying to put me in a boxing match. So I've been doing three boxing match just to get my hand go, you know, experience. But yeah, we first met uh, right when I first moved to Utah. So through a friend. I remember actually, I, I was uh, calling one of your boxing matches and your opponent just collapsed in the ring. Do you remember that? Oh, you went to that one? <laughs> I, was, I was calling it. I was doing the play-by-play -play for that. Uh... And I'll never forget it because I was really looking forward to seeing you box because I knew you were one of Shane's right. guys and I knew who you were and your opponent just, just cramped up and fell. Yeah, yeah. I was so mad. You know, I feel like I was kind of mad because like I don't like fighting in a area that's far away because for some reason, like when I drive that far, I just feel exhausted. So like give me a little like annoying and stuff. And then like I was like, oh, 
okay, I drive too far. I'm going to put this to work. And the guy just fails. I was like, oh, my gosh, come on. <laughs> I know. I, I'll never forget that. I, I couldn't believe it because, I mean, not only me, but I think everyone around was really looking forward to, to seeing you and, and just seeing you put on a performance. Uh, that's interesting that you mentioned that. So when you say that you like to, to fight close to home, is that one of the reasons why you really enjoyed fighting for Fierce over the last year or so? Yeah, like, I feel like I feel, like I feel good just fighting. Like, just driving to like like yeah i enjoy fighting i feel like just driving somewhere like i'm not really good of like going distance somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> well one of the big things that, that i wanted to talk to you about was that again you've been on this this three fight win streak first round finishes dominant performances every single one of them it seems like it's been more dominant than the next and this last one against Anthony Acosta was really a big statement, specifically because Anthony yeah. Acosta was a guy who had a very, very flashy knockout himself um, of, of a local Utah fighter. So what was your mindset going into that fight against someone who you knew could also turn some music out? Well, um, I remember that fight. Uh, my coaches say, like, hey, like, he want me to fight the BYU guy. <laughs> he want me to fight the BYU guy because like, and then like he, uh, his opponent and I'm winning. But I remember Coach keeps sending me videos, and I when I see it, I was like, there's so many mis uh, hold on on this guy. So uh, in my mind I was like, I will expose that on the fighting day. You know, when I see his fighting style, I was like, it was just it, I didn't worry at all. You know, <laughs> yeah. When I I did hear something, and I do want to confirm if this is true, but I I heard that you told I think our guy Jason. You said that you you asked him, or you, you told Jason that that he got in your face at weigh-in, and no one had ever done that to you before, and it kind of made you mad. Can you kind of break down that story and what happened there? If that's true, I can't. I I don't know if that's true, but I'm just checking in about that. Yeah, yeah. He um I, I wish all my opponents like that. I would I want them to like make me mad. You know, I feel like all my first appointment and they just like they don't give me the vibe of like like you know, I'm there to like kill you, you know. But this guy there, like he, he was telling me on his body language, he's gonna kill me. And my mind, you know, he's there to like not play around. I was like, okay, like you know, and I tell Stoneman, like, I wish all my opponents like that. I want them to talk crap to me. I want them to be on my face. Because, like, in that moment, like, I just want to finish you earlier, you know? Yeah. Why, why do you think you like that? Why do you think you like when someone challenges your abilities and, and, and basically says, like, I want what you want? Man, like, I really want to, like, turn, like, like my side of fighting mine, you know? Because sometimes I have a hard time turning it on. But if they can help me turn it on, I'll be appreciate, you know? Like, I will appreciate those. Like, okay, like, you already make me mad on the way in, you know? I don't have to, like, find a way to get pumped before the way in, before the fight, you know? You already yeah. pissed me off on, on the way in. So it's like, okay, I don't have anything to motivate me to, like, make me straight like i'm already mad you know so 
I, I, I like when he did that. So like, it just gave me like, because I usually like when I uh, first fight, I just feel sad for the guy, like, you know, my cousins are like all the Tongans are like related. But I like this guy. He's like actually on my face. And I'm like, like I like that. Yeah. No. So you would actually prefer that that they do stuff like that. That's very, very interesting. Do you, do you do you know where that comes from? Like, do you know why why that's what you like? Or 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 do you think that it's it's just a matter of you you like the challenge? It's just something that yeah. turns on, right? So of course I I already have the challenge of like getting ready to fight a guy. But when they, I want him to bring more, like more challenge, you know, more like on my face, more like I'm here to hurt you, you know. When they bring those more, it just turn, turn a lot of things on me, you know. A lot of things are not turned on, like my mind of like getting, like get get killed, like what is it called, like kill or get killed, you know, mm-hmm. mindset. Yeah. What would you say is? It doesn't seem like you get nervous. It seems like you're one rightfully so, but it seems like you're very confident in there. It seems like you're very uh, excited to go in there and 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 fight. Do, have you ever been nervous going into a fight? Um, man, of course I'm like I'm I, I'm nervous of every fight, you know. But dude, like when I I feel like when it, the music stopped playing and I start walking. For some reason, I'm not nervous. I, I feel like I'm nervous around in the freaking room, you know? Because, like, I'm not warm up. Like, I hate the math. But when, like, the, the music uh, playing and they call my name, for some, I'm promising, man, for some reason, there's, there's no nervous, zero nervous on me when I walk, you know? As I'm walking in, like, they check me, like, on my brain, I was like, I'm here to fight. That's it, you know? And where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that your ability to be excited when the brightest or when the lights are brightest? Why do you think that you're more excited then than maybe in the back when you're just kind of waiting? What what clicks? What changes? Well, man, I I play sport when I was a kid. You know, like I'm really competitive. Like I run track. I play rugby. And I remember, like, I run track so many times, and my brain, I thought that, like, I'm not going to be nervous. Like, every time, like, when when I run 100 meters, like, I remember, like, they put all the best guys there. I was like, man, why am I still nervous, man? I, I've been doing this for years. I run track, like, so many times. But, like, I should be not nervous. But when when you're mocking, you said, go. When I'm running, it's not there anymore, you know? Now it's, it's, it's a fight. And I think I've had that mindset since when I was in middle school, you know, I was trained already. So like, I feel like I would do it. I would, I would do this sport forever. And it would, I feel like I would still have the nervous, but when it's time to do it, there's no nervous in it, you know? So. Let me ask you a little bit about your debut, because I, I do want to mention that, you know, you did lose your your amateur debut, and after all the years of training, everything that you you went through, all the people that you trained with, the years and years of preparation, after you lost that first fight, what was it like 
kind of dealing with that because I mean, ever since then, you've been as dominant as ever. And so it was probably a little bit of almost a shock to lose that first fight. How did that first fight go? I was really mad. I was like, how this guy can beat me? I was really, really mad. Perfect. Yeah, but like, I was really, I was really, really mad. I didn't upset. I was not feel sad. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, I want to fight this guy again. I want to like... And I heard, and 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 I heard his uh he he trained Agima. I don't really go to Agima. And I was like, I'm going to Agima to see if they, I'm gonna spar him, you know. Um, but he ended up like we never fought. But like, I think he's um. So when I came from Cal, like in California, I was more in a jiu-jitsu kind of. So I was like, I was still learning. I was still brand new, but. I was getting used to just like lay on my back, and it's like, and that's when that fight uh, go through. It's just like, but it's, it didn't bring me down. Like I was like, okay, what's the next fight? Let's go, you know. So, do you think that that, that first loss taught you how much you don't want to deal with that? Because since then, again, you've been so dominant. Do you think that first loss was was a huge lesson and almost beneficial for you in the long run? Yeah, of course. Uh, man, that that fight teaches me so much. Of like, this is not a jiu-jitsu competition. This is MMA. <laughs> because I've been competing in jiu-jitsu. That's the only thing I do. And my first fight, I was like, oh. and then I go to the ground. I was like, I'm playing the jiu-jitsu game, and that's the only thing that saved me from not getting hit is my jiu-jitsu. But I need to realize I gotta be in a diamond because like. I start to like forget the things that they trained me in California. Because in California, like I remember I was start when I first went there, I only do jujitsu. And one of the coaches invited me to start training with the pros. And I remember I come and try to play that jujitsu stuff. And I remember Khabib tell like yell, like, hey, we don't play that crap here. We on top. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But it was a bad habit that I pick up when I first went there. And I still have that bad habit when I come to Utah. You know? And then i really happy that I fight that guy that exposed that, exposed that happened and telling me, hey, this is a problem. This is not just a little problem. This is a problem. So after that fight, I was like, I'm going to learn not to be on my back. Like, I'm going to try to be on my feet. Or if I'm not on my feet, I'm going to be on top and then and, and dominate. So, this I learned. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm happy. I didn't, I, I didn't mad, really mad on that fight. I, I kind of mad that I lost. But at the same time, I was not really mad. I was, like, happy. I was like, man, I'm really happy this fight is over. Now, I'm learning what I need to be fixed, you know? So... How does it make you feel to know now that you get to, in about four weeks, make the walk for a belt, to know that there's a belt on the line, all these years of hard work, all these different people that you've met along the way, you finally get to take a shot at taking home a, a belt, and not just any belt, but, but a pretty prestigious one in a fierce FC belt. 
yeah, I'm 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 ex- super excited, you know. Um, getting a challenge, uh, fighting. Uh, yeah, like getting a challenge from someone that that like think he can come in and and then fight for a bell. I'm excited, you know. Not just that, but like willing to learn what after that fight, what I'm gonna do better next one, you know. Always looking to get better, right? That's kind of, it seems like that's kind of a, a a trend in your career is that every fight, even though it is dominant, even though it is, you know, really, really good, it seems like you're never satisfied and it's making you get better every single time you make the walk. Is that true? Yeah. When I watch my videos, I like, I only skip, I don't, I skip to the part that I'm horrible at. Oh, my footwork is off. I keep rewinding it back. Hundred times, I rewrite it back to the one that I dropped my left hand. I like when I watch my video. I don't watch when I like knock the guy out. Like I, I just stay all my mistake. I keep repeating it, repeating it, and then like I practice, practice. You know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't watch my videos. I like watch just like see where I'm good at. I watch where I'm really bad at. And yeah, but every fight that I fight, it's just like. Of course, I really I like the fight is to win, but at the same time, like learning and find a way to get better for the next fight, and that's the goal. Every fight, you know. I remember uh, one of your coaches, Reese, right after your Anthony Acosta knockout, uh, he posted on his on his story, and he said, "Viliamikulu will be a world champion someday." I don't know if you saw that, but uh, when when you hear that from someone that you respect, someone that you train with, someone that you work very closely with, how does that make you feel knowing that the people behind you believe in you, but also it's got to be kind of nice to to see that for yourself as well? Yeah, I did. I, Reese is, I like, I love Luis, uh, Reese. He's a really good guy. He will really help you at the same time. And uh, yeah, I, I met I met Reese in Agima. I met him. I, I, I see him sit there and he was uh, sparring. And when I heard he's the new coach in Wasatch, when I met him, I just feel really good about him, you know? He's like really like when he when he's in my I really like him. When he's in my corner, he doesn't make me stretch. Like I feel like when my first fight, one of the guys in my corner, like he was just giving me stretch. You know, like he's just like but Reese and Coach Stoneman, like, they're really, like, calm. You know, when they explain things to me, it's really calm. But I, I, I don't know. Luis believe in me, and I'm really, like, happy that he think that way. That's, and that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, for you personally, I mean, what does that timeline look like? Last question from me, just what does your timeline look like when it comes to, you know, realizing all of your dreams you're about to fight for a title when do you think you want to make that jump to pro how many fights do you think you want to take before you start looking elsewhere outside of utah where do you want your career to go in the next couple of years um man well i have coaches that you know i have coaches that believe in me and uh maybe get become pro is like for me, like, I don't want to rush anything, you know? 
I want to get experience and I like get, I mean, fight that I can. And a lot of things I want to do. I want to, I want to do bare knuckle one day. Bare knuckle look fun. <laughs> you know, do bare knuckle on the side and MMA. So. Just do a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. Do everything. Boxing, you know, everything. That's incredible. When it comes to, I think back to, to just your story when we started this off, or, you know, you were just a kid in Tonga who had three channels and one of them showed, you know, the WWE. When you look back at that kid, are you, is it cool to think back and think to yourself, man, I really am, you know, achieving what I set out to do many, many years ago. I'm doing what I watched on TV hundreds and hundreds of miles away from where I am today. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Looking back, it's just crazy, you know. Um, coming to America, you know, learning mixed martial art, and looking back, it's all start from watching a sh uh, TV show, you know, and it start from going to buy to watch something else, and then you end up buying something that end up make you doing it. You know, after a couple of years, it's really crazy looking back. I still remember <laughs> putting the video on and this guy on the underwear and then one one guy in his underwear and, and his shoes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a, a SmackDown, WWE. And then one guy on a freaking karate suit. And it is like, and I was like, OK, what's going on? And the other guy freaking punched the other guy. And I was like, this is not fake. This is real. <laughs> That's incredible. I never heard of that. I never heard of MMA. And I was like, they start bleeding. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really awesome. When One day, at that time, I didn't know I'm going to come to the United States one day. It's like, one day, I want to find a way where to sport at, you know? And then I came to California. I look up, AKA. And I literally went to the first time in the gym. They have all the champ to train me. Crazy. And, and now you get to fight for your own belt in just a couple of weeks. Viliami Kulu, you are incredible, my friend. Thank you so much for talking to us. We really, really appreciate it. Good luck in the next couple of weeks. Good luck in your training, your weight cut, everything. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much.